0: Escape to the metaverse. Better act like you know. Yeah, you are now tuned into the Matthew and Rizzo Show. Yeah, uh, escape to the metaverse. Better act like you
1: know. Yeah, you are now tuned into the Matthew and Rizzo Show. Yeah. yeah. Hey everyone, before we begin this week's episode of the Matthew and Rizzle show, I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Proof of Beauty. Proof of Beauty is an experimental digital experience studio. The blockchain is their canvas and the tokens are their brush. You can learn more about Proof of Beauty by checking out P-O-B dot studio. You can follow them on Twitter as well at P-R-R-F beauty. That's p. RRF Beauty on Twitter and pob.studio on their homepage to learn more about their projects like Hash London and Publico. Thank you and enjoy the show. Okay Nate, welcome to the Matthew and Rizzle show. Thanks for having me on guys. Uh,
2: excited to be here and, you know, talk uh some shit about the projects and about the uh,
1: you know, the future of Secret Project team. Yeah, talking shit. Really excited for that. Um <laughs> Hopefully a bunch of spicy takes. Always, always enjoyed that. Following you on Twitter is an absolute pleasure um, for many reasons, but chip posting is definitely far up on the list for me. But uh, for like the two or three people that are listening to this that may not know who Nate Alex is, I'm just curious if you could kind of tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, take us as far back in your your life journey as possible, or when you found the, the crypto and NFT rabbit holes and you know, take us to the present. Sweet.
2: Um yeah so I uh I won't take you all the way back to like the story of birth but if we start <laughs> at maybe the beginning of my crypto journey I think that that seems like a good place to start I would imagine you know not everybody listening in would be newer but they're considering you know the scale of the space and how much it's grown in the last year a lot of people are probably where I was you know 3 or 4 years ago <clears throat> in the NFT space and so for me, you know, I I joined crypto um I guess it was around the fall of twenty twenty one and dabbled around with like stupid shit coins and didn't have any clue what I was doing. Um and then in December twenty twenty one, Crypto Kitties was like or, sorry, not 2020, December I'm like, 2017. The math, I'm like, wait a minute. I- whoa, whoa, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. no <time> 2017, whoa, <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, so that was like the start of like the crypto kitties like mega hype where there were cats selling for like $100,000 or $200,000. And this like really got me interested because, you know, this is more than I was making in a year as, as an engineer. And I was like, holy shit, like I need to, I need to figure out like what the hell is going on here. And, you know, they had the same sort of like FUD articles. It was just a much smaller scale. What people would talk about money laundering or other dumb bullshit, but I just dove in and I just had to figure out like, I need to make some money doing this. And, um, you know, I spent a few months just kind of dabbling on the outside and flipping some cats here and there for like $5 profit or $2 or whatever. and. Um, it wasn't really until I joined Discord in about the middle of 2018 that, you know, and I, I started talking to people who were, it, like, really involved in the space and, like, learning a, a shitload from them and, like, meeting all these really smart people that it, like, made me just, like, become obsessed with the space. Um, and that was really you know i i guess i I like to say that i'm a twenty seventeen like o g but i mean when I really really dove in it probably was more mid twenty eighteen even though I'd been dabbling and trading without really knowing what the hell I was doing for a while um and you know twenty eighteen for anybody that wasn't there or, or don't already know it's like this brutal year where theory, where the ether price went from like fourteen hundred down to eighty dollars, so even if you were a good n f t trader and I wasn't good, but I was okay. You know, I was making ether and just losing money perpetually. So it was a it was a tough year, but um, it, it helped me really kind of learn what I thought was valuable and what would be valuable in the future. You know, 2018, 2019, 2020 were all pretty tough, boring years from a volume and from a making any money perspective. But from a learning perspective, it gave me a pretty big head start on you know, people even that had joined, let's say before the, the real inrush came. Like, I, I think people who joined early, let's say 2021, like maybe with Top Shot or whatever, they kind of got lucky in the sense that their timing was just epic. Like, they got in and like everything exploded in value and they made probably a lot of money without ever really suffering. Um, But, you know, I, I you know, I think that that was just part of my, personal journey and and you know who knows if that will happen again if if 2022 becomes a 2018 which I don't think it will but you know you never know um yeah my, my journey was pretty much uh you know I got into the space because I was interested by the money which I suspect has brought a lot of people to the space um just kind of fell in love with the type of people that were interested in the space and that made me want to, you know, become a builder and contribute to the whole ecosystem and I I've been, you know, in the space pretty much every day for, you know, you know, 4 years or whatever and you know, I don't have any intention to go anywhere else there's no, nothing else that really interests me in in the same way, you know.
1: Yeah, when did you start building? Like Chainfaces was the first like big quote unquote or like name brand project that you put out there, right? When was that actually released? I thought so long chain Chainfaces but
2: yeah, there. Um, and you know, I, I sometimes I, I hate that I like reimagined that universe and and used it for the arena because really, with like ChainFaces Arena, the the concept there was the arena more so than like the aesthetic design. But um, yeah, the original ChainFaces. I, I started writing smart contracts, I believe, in 2019, um, and it was pretty. My my skills were pretty bare there, but. I had written, uh, I had written, a, had written a, a or, or created a project, um, did, did the front end for it. And I got like pretty much to the end of it. And this was December or maybe November, 2019. And I just couldn't finish the last little piece. Um, I couldn't get the API to serve the data to, to open C. I just didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, so I gave up on that project and pretty much was like, fuck it. I'm done trying to like build projects. And then, uh, OXO, a guy that I've been friends with through like CryptoKitties community for a while, he dropped the math NFT, which was just like numbers on a token. And after that, I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to reimagine what I was doing. I'll do something a little more simple. It would be cool if there were like generative text faces on chain. That actually would be pretty neat. Uh, so I built the original chain faces, um, which is a pretty simple contract. And it was a lot of it was inspired by like what Auxo had done with with the math contract. Um, and you know, from there, that sort of got me established amongst the, the 200 people that were in the space, at least most of the people in the space at that point kind of knew who I, who I was. And, you know, it was a very small, like local high school type feel or whatever, where everybody knew each other. Um, but that, that sort of, see, that was 2020. Um, so I joined NFT 42 in March of 2020, I think. Um and I think that's when I quit my my full time job. I just was like all in on NFTs at this point. I didn't have that much money because the original chain faces made like sixteen grand and I spent it all on NFTs because I just you know, <laughs> that was just where my interests were lying at the time. And when I went in with Jim um, and Rizzle, we you know, we had like this vision for what we're going to do with the company. But in my mind, in the back of my mind, I was thinking like, we just need to fucking survive because <laughs> like I'm like all in on this shit. So, um, but that gave me time to be in the space full time, um, which is a lot more than just nine to five full time for me. It was a lot, a lot of really long days, but I would keep learning and keep programming and dabbling. And um, and then I released, you know, Squiggly WTF uh, 2020 fall which was a a noticeably more complex contract. Um, I I did all the pieces for that. Um, You know, I was pretty proud of that one for a while. And then 2021 came in, we got some VCs interested. It kind of changed the direction of like, maybe the freedom of what we could do in the company maybe, or or at least that was sort of the sense that I felt. So I didn't really do anything in 2021 of significance as far as project creation, or, or personal project creation. And then, you know, this year with deciding that I was going to leave NFT 42 um, and like, hey, I, I want to roll out a new project. I want to create this innovation brand. I want to just do like experimental, cool projects that, um, you know, captivate a lot of people and, and interest a lot of people. And, you know, I think that Chain Faces Arena has done a pretty good job of that, where like 9,000 people join the arena. There's still, you know, hundreds. Of people in the arena like after weeks so yeah i think uh it achieved that goal it didn't achieve all the goals that i had hoped it would but uh, hopefully we can continue to establish the brand and make it a strong brand within the
0: space uh you know that's the longer term goal anyways my my last chain face made it so far and literally i asked nate to like pray for my chain face and it died within like an hour or something like that afterwards <laughs> i had asked him to pray the day before and it worked so i like circled back for a second round and i got like oh. greedy or something like that <sighs> um.
2: <laughs> man i hate that you died man I, I i was rooting for you i've got a couple you know long shots that have not big armies that i'm, I'm hoping are going to pull it out at the end over like one of the whales because uh, it won't be as fun if a whale is just in the end by himself but um yeah, it's it's funny because like each round the percentage to die is less than one percent. Like sometimes significantly less than one percent. But yeah. over time, after hundreds or a thousand rounds, like the odds start getting quite high, but you're still alive, so in that given role, it's literally like going it's like if roulette had fucking, you know, a thousand numbers on it and you just kept picking the same number until it finally got hit. And like, you know, yeah. It's uh it's kind dude, of an I, interesting mechanic to watch, I think.
0: Dude, yes, man. I i it's I'm obviously sad that I'm out, but um it, I was in it for a long time with only uh, you know, a handful of uh warriors or whatever, and it was fun, man. I, I miss like checking up on my warriors to see how many stitches they have and everything. <laughs> uh dude One of the things I, like, really appreciate about your story and can, like, relate to personally is I, like, sort of entered the scene a a while ago, like, basically doing exactly what you did, man. Just, like, flipping shit to try and, like, you know, (laughs) play around with this stuff and make a little, like, side hustle or whatever. Uh, And I have also, like, you know, at this point in my, like, you know, whatever you want to call it in the space, like, have found myself, like, I feel like very, like, similar to you, man, just, like, compelled to build and, like, contribute and do interesting stuff within the space and you're someone who's like done you know publicly very well like trading like you certainly don't need to like be out here like continuing to tinker around I'm sure like you you know enough about trading at this point that you could just continue to flip and and you know have made your money and and do whatever uh so like Talk to, can you speak to that, man? Like, I, I feel like Chain Faces was ahead of its time. Chain Faces Arena, like, you know, is, I you know, still, like, playing out and everything. But, you know, it's it's something different, man. Like, you, it's bringing something different to the table. I'm sure, like, you know, with anything different that is launched, uh, you know, it's it's sort of a risk. I'm sure, like, in retrospect, like, you know, maybe there are things you wish you could have, like, done better or like you know improve on next time around but like that's that this is like all the fun stuff to me man and i've like found you know matt and i have found ourselves in this situation too where you're just like you're just throwing stuff at the wall and it like seems cool and you just you know do it for the sake of like seeing what happens and uh and i i really really like this the chain faces arena like for all those reasons man and uh you know i i I feel like this space was just getting like so stale with like, you know, so much of the same stuff that, which you were like, you know, aptly pointing out, like, you know, on, on Twitter and everything. And it was the truth. Um, so mm. speak to that, man. Like what, why, why are you still out here tinkering around? <laughs> um, Yeah. I mean,
2: I, it's, I just, I, I can't fucking resist the urge to do it honestly. Like I, uh, and you're, you're right. I mean, financially um, I could, you know i don't really have to like it's not i mean don't get me wrong i mean like yeah like making money is is obviously an incentive to build projects but you know it's it's not my sole focus at all like i mean yes we need money to build the brand that i want to build like we've got an operational fund and it's and we're going to invest a heavy amount of resources building our team up that's just as part of it we're not planning on taking vc money um I mean, I basically had told Kane, like, I don't want to take VC money at all. Like, I don't care who the fuck is trying to give it to us. And maybe we'll pivot if somebody came to us and they said, we'll give you money and we'll offer you strategic advice, but we'll never tell you what to do, essentially. Then maybe, but I, uh, you know, I say those things because like, I'm making the brand because I just, I just want to, like, I, I'm just, uh, I just feel kind of. Creatively inspired, and I feel that like smart contracts are a medium that I get to explore um, that you know so I used to be a, a musician for a number of years um and i and I always kind of like to to draw or like sketch things and, and not that I was ever good really good at that I was pretty good at, at uh, music but Um, with smart contracts, it's kind of like a convergence of my skill set of being able to creatively try things out, but having sort of the technical background to build things that other people wouldn't even try. Like I know, um, I've had some people approach me in DMS and talk about like custom contract work and they say like, nobody else wants to tackle the kind of stuff that are doing, like none of the high, like contract farm type places will touch experimental things. Um, and I just, it just is like a creative outlet for me. I just, that's why I want to do it. I think that ideally will inspire people with, with projects. I think that the arena has probably inspired at least a handful of people in the same way that CryptoKitties inspired me years and years ago, um, you know, and that's not to say, you know, you mentioned like things that I, I wish that we had done differently or that we could have improved on. I mean, that's not to say at all that the arena is perfect because it's not. I mean, I I have it queued up to like do a thread today on things that I think are wrong with the arena, but, you know, a short list on that, you know, I think obviously the economic experiment there with how people would perceive Chainface's value after they were in and out of the arena did not go the way that I thought it would. I thought that maybe people who earned their scars would have like some attachment. Like, yeah, man, I survived in the arena. I earned this rarity that, um, you know, I, I'm not going to sell it for the floor, but people focus because the the culture of the space is this like quick pump and dump, like hype thing. Like can you funnel in a bunch of people and MLM market it up to 20 ether floor or whatever. And that's all that the vast majority of people give a shit about. I mean, that's not what Chain Faces Arena was ever about. It was, you know, and and maybe because that wasn't the consideration, maybe that's exactly why it didn't play out that way. Or maybe the aesthetic is too boring. And and that's why we are, you know, building SP 1.1. But... Yeah. You know, things that we could have improved. I think if the tournament was like infinitely open where you could join, but you just had to pay a fee if you were late to join and that would go to the pool and it just kept it going and people could keep joining and dying or gaining scars or whatever, like perpetually until it finally ended. Like that would have been a better economic experiment that would have put pressure on the floor um, uh, on this, on the supply side. But or sorry on the demand side i i you know there are a few other little tweaks like that that i think could have been better um you know i think some slippage loss to leaving the arena would have been good or maybe some like we could have had a bot that would slowly feed ether to the to the arena but instead of dropping the full amount at the beginning we only dropped half of it or whatever and we slowly feed ether into the arena the longer people are are lasting but You know, things like that, I think, are good tweaks. I think that the arena mechanic is actually pretty good. Um, Probably will never be done again on mainnet because we we spent like 100 Ether so far maintaining the arena. Um, Yeah. And, you know, the operational cost is super high there. It wouldn't be high like that on L2. Um, But, you know, that was part of this experiment was to, like, do this on-chain in real time. A collection and, and sort of a performance art collection if, if if i can be an art snob because i know that this is the kind of thing that people who in the legacy world care about art they care about the stories and the way that things work under the hood they don't just care about the fucking way that it looks um, and yeah i get that we do not have a lot of high-end legacy art collectors in the nft space and we have a lot of people who are mega focused on how cute the aesthetic is. And that's like the primary driver of value that and LARPing about what you can build in the future, which, (laughs) um, I mean, you know, just being being real, like we built a a fairly complicated on-chain project before we did, I guess, focused on the art piece. Whereas most people hire an artist, they focus on the art piece and then they promise you that they will be able to do what we've already done. And they never will is the thing, but, or, or very few of them will. Um, but we'll see that play out throughout the year, I think. And as long as SPT can continue to create cool projects and sort of flex our technical muscle, then hopefully we'll start to stand out before the end of the year. And by the end of the year, people will really uh, appreciate what we're trying to do.
1: Yeah. The, the art as code instead of the artist pixels, um, that whole focus, like yourself and Pac are the, the, two, the two artists frankly, that come to mind when thinking about that front and thinking about like blockchains as a a digital canvas and like NFTs and things like that as paintbrushes and strokes and factoring like the whole social dynamic and individual contributors and like constantly questioning, trying to reimagine what is art. Like y'all are pushing the boundaries and opening people's eyes and expanding what people can potentially conceive of as art, which is fucking just the dopest thing I think anyone, creative or quote unquote, like technical, can strive to do. Um, there's a couple different avenues I kind of wanted to double click into. Um, one was like thinking about the future of like what's next, like if this is the last dance for you on mainnet for something uber complicated because of like gas constraints I really wanted to kind of see what you wanted to do or what, where you see the space evolving into like layer twos and things like that. But I wanted to stay real quick on what you're talking about in terms of not accepting or not looking for like outside capital or venture capital and things like that. And just kind of speak a little bit more to that and why that's not a core focus why accepting it could be potentially fraught. Um, really curious about that, and I think other folks in the space could benefit from hearing a little bit more about that.
2: Cool. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think there are some things that VCs can do well, um, or maybe more like advisor type roles. But for for like us, like money is fairly cheap, I guess. If you can produce at the level that we can and and don't get me wrong after uh chain Faces arena you know the floor has been a focus of a big like major fud uh, piece you know it's the main like hate that i'll get on twitter like if i say anything sharp about anything else or, or spicy about anything else somebody says oh well so better than the arena which is less than the mint cost <laughs> like, well <laughs> like so you know but but my uh my vision right now is that we are going to repair um you know the sort of that sort of uh you know the way people are thinking about chain faces in the arena hopefully you know we do this professionally illustrated sp 1.1 everybody loves the aesthetic and there's no primary sale the only way to get one is to have you know a chain face or if you died in the arena then you can resurrect yourself. You wouldn't be able to unwrap that back into your old CFA. So maybe CFA's experience a bit of a supply crunch, um, you know, but in general, it's it's going to be more like a typical PFP project. We'll do some marketing, we'll, we'll leak the art out, and then nobody will be able to buy it on primary. You can only get one if you buy one on secondary. So hopefully we can repair the way that people think about that brand by doing this project by investing in sp 1.1 which is you know getting an illustrator uh, getting a professional design front end team um like making sure that we release something that's extremely high quality that's going to be a giveaway from from our perspective it will be free for everybody um outside of gas or whatever but yeah, I guess I say that to say that that's why I think money is cheap. We repair this brand, and then we roll into SP2. Um, money will be found again. If that project doesn't perform well on the secondary market, then we'll reinvest into it the same way. But eventually, I don't think we'll have to like be playing this reinvesting game. We will pretty much have, whenever we want to release a cool project and we're cognizant that our market is ready for it, um, and we have the appetite for it in the market. We have buyers ready. You know, the same sort of attitude, I guess, that like any elite crypto uh, artist would, would go through. Like, let's say XCopy, I, I doubt that he spends, you know, three months on each of his one of ones, but he doesn't release a new piece of art every single day you know, he rolls it out strategically. He's very cognizant and that's one of the reasons that his collection is so valuable and so desirable is because he does understand the supply demand um, aspect of of his market. Um, and and also has, you know, other things too, the great aesthetic, uh, just awesome, like dude that everybody just loves. So, you know, that all helps, but I, I guess, yeah, money is not, we don't need to raise money really. Um, the only advantage that we could get from, let's say, outside investors would be strategy and direction. And I don't want somebody to come in and say, hey, I know um, Tom Brady and and he wants to he wants you to build a project for him because uh, I just don't want to do that because I don't want to be like creatively like pigeonholed or whatever, because that's, you know, again, uh, yes, Tom Brady could bring a fuck ton of eyes to whatever we were doing, um, but I just don't care about that. So, yeah that's why the no vc um yeah
0: yeah well said man i feel like uh again i you know like you said there are pros and cons and i feel like everyone's sort of like in a different situation that you know could possibly benefit from it but uh again man i feel like kindred spirits in a lot of ways that like it's not worth extra money to be like creatively stifled uh when uh, you know a lot of us were here in the first place <laughs> during those horrible years just for fun <laughs> not we are literally like losing money every day or whatever but uh <laughs> we're still like you know here because uh it was like a creative outlet and still is a creative outlet and uh you know, feel like that's important uh yo dude we would love to hear you uh your thoughts on what matt was talking about before in terms of like uh future of space f- future of like your projects being on you know mainnet versus layer 2 or just sort of like you know where where we go from here
2: So, um, yeah, I mean, I think I I teased this the other day and a bunch of people shot back a smart ass uh, remark. Um, But the I said something along the lines of I think the future of NFT collections will be that they are much larger and much cheaper on the whole and maybe more analogous to like Pokemon cards. Um, where the majority of cards are basically worthless or a dollar, and the high end cards are thousands or ten thousand or hundreds of thousands or whatever. Um, but, and then people were like, oh, that's top shot. <laughs> like, yeah, no shit. Like, <laughs> but the thing is, is that sort of collection can't exist on mainnet, at least right now, it, it can't, um, you know, for, for, because of gas, right? So I think. Um, you know, I, but I, I expect that evolution to happen. I don't know where it will happen or how it will happen, but I think that that is more practical. There's a huge market right now that's completely untapped, let's say India, where they're just are not going to be spending thousands of dollars on NFTs like the U S and the UK. There's reasons that the NFT market is concentrated in these, uh, you know, relatively high earning countries. <laughs> like it's. Because they're the only ones who can participate right now. And that's not the future of NFTs. If we really think that NFTs are, well, the future, um, everybody should be able to participate and enjoy them. And that means the price point has to come down. And if everybody's enjoying them, that means the collection sizes have to go up. So I I definitely think that's the trend that, that will start to happen sooner or later. I don't really know when and i don't know exactly how i uh i'm not an expert really on l2s and all the solutions that are there or the like optimism roll-ups like i i know these words but i don't know the technical details really behind them what the best ones to use are um it's something that i have talked a little bit with kane about i mean and he knows this uh the, the technical side even a lot better than even i do um so I would kind of follow his guidance probably more there, but it really will depend on the kind of projects we do. If we do a collection size of 100, there's no way we would do that on an L2. We would That would be a mainnet collection without a doubt. Um, I can say that even though I believe the trend is going to larger collection, cheaper, that if we did do that, we wouldn't be doing that on mainnet because it just isn't feasible. So. Um, we would probably let the project decide where we were going to live at. SP 1.1 will be on mainnet. SP 2, because it's already designed, is on mainnet, but it's also a smaller collection size. Um, it's a dynamic sizing, so it, it could be a 1,000 or it could be 3,000, but it's relatively small. Um, so I think that that can live on mainnet because really the main inhibitor of mainnet is gas costs. And you know if, if you have NFTs that are one eighth floor then people don't care as much about gas if you have an nft that is thirty dollars then people care a shitload about gas so um uh, i would say that that will probably drive where uh we at least do our design
1: cool so my question now would be it's sort of like a two parter the first part is like kind of funny and then the second part is sort of serious um you're a known shit poster i'd love your shit post on twitter uh it's it's a great source of entertainment but also like you you have a lot of truth or facts behind them if you kind of like unpack them at least that's my interpretation of your shit posts i'm just curious like um like top of mind right now if you were to like go on a, a crazy twitter rant crazy funny twitter rant um like what's the shit that you just post right now and then after that like talk about the the state of discourse in nft landing crypto in general and just like <laughs> Just dive into that part.
2: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So, um, so actually, I kind of uh, believe it or not, most of, I mean, I mean, sometimes I'll come up with a funny like idea or concept on Twitter and like, and be like, I have tweeted too much today. So I'll start queuing them into, like, uh, future tweets or whatever, like typing them out and then saving them as drafts. And then the next day, sometimes I'll look at them and be like, oh man, I'm glad I didn't send that. Cause that's just, that's too far. And sometimes I do go too far with it. Um, but I, I try to be fairly, I think one thing that I'm going to do far less of, cause I've never really called people out by name. I usually was, I, I have done some things where I say something publicly and people know exactly what the hell I'm talking about. I think that I'm going to do less of that because I have to admit, it's pretty fucking hard when people are like messaging you and saying like, you suck ass, like (laughs) it's not fun. So I'm going to be a little more cognizant about individual, like singling out any individual for their missteps, whoever it is and however bad it is. Cause you know, they've already heard it a million times. They don't need me to pile on and tell them that they suck too. So, you know, I, I think I'm going to try to not do that, but, for the most part, I would say that my Twitter posting, I mean, yes, I spend a lot of time on Twitter more than I want to and would like to admit, but a lot of the ideas, like I'll just be, uh, let's just say like the whole, when the, the like hot women of crypto started like doing the Dow thing and like doing pictures of themselves and like, and it just was like silly. So I'm like, that just like, Oh, this is an easy one to like, you know, point out and kind of make fun of a little bit. Like, I don't think that that's a decentralized autonomous organization, but, um, and I, I, uh, a lot of the ideas are kind of inspired, I guess, more in real time. Um, I, I guess the things that annoy me the most right now, um, is sort of the culture of NFT projects and rollouts and how they're, they're started. Um, So if I was going to go on a giant rant, it probably would be around that. Um, I think that a lot of with that, and then just the overall like education level in in this space, like a lot of these uh, people who are newer, there are people who are, you know, genuinely diving and trying to learn. And then there's people who like have a pretty good sense of how, pump and dumping works around these projects and they're okay to like LARP it up and like get those people to buy their bags who are still like trying to learn and figure it out. And they do um, you know, it's, it's really not that hard. I think that people think that it's hard and they attribute it to other things like, Oh man, Oh, this art is just universally lovable. And actually it's more about, you know, getting the supply demand, right at the beginning. Um, and I know that there's some person listening that's like, well, you didn't do it with Chain Arena, so it must be pretty hard. Like, and the <laughs> thing is, is we had unknown mechanics. We had experimental mechanics that we didn't know how the market would perceive. Um, but as in terms of like, if I did a 10K PFP, I have a pretty good sense of what sort of aesthetic would work. That's why I'm pretty good at buying NFTs and selling them uh, for a profit because I can read the market Pretty well. So let's just say I hired the perfect illustrator that I figured people, you know, the trend would be in or whatever. Um, I funnel in way too many people in the Discord and I let only a small percentage of them get the NFT. And then I just talk about building metaverse st- or whatever, like, and get people to FOMO in perpetually throughout the year or whatever. Like, it's not that hard to create a project that is up considerably from the beginning um and there are a lot of teams that run that playbook and you know they don't care because they get their huge primary sales off what's i mean yeah it is hard to coordinate a team and and build something at all and to execute it all but isn't that hard um to not do something new so i i feel like that's uh they run that playbook. They win over these people who don't really understand what's going on behind the scenes or, or, or what it'll look like in the future. And, um, you know, I don't know. I it just, it's kind of annoying to me. I hate that. A lot of people think that NFTs are just like, just this like cute picture on a token. And that's worth thousands of dollars. And people think, Oh, bored apes are popular because people love apes so much. Like, so if, if this is flipped apes, that's going to be popular because people just like the way apes look. And that's not it really at all. Like, for them, you're buying their brand and their their operational team. You're buying what they will be able to to do in the future. Um, but they've shown some ability to be able to to do that and execute. So that's why they have such a strong brand. And some shit team that's anonymous that is copying somebody else's aesthetic that's promising you the same things is just not really going to be able to do it, in my opinion.
0: Dude. <laughs> Well said. Again, I mean, that echoes a lot of, uh, I think uh, a lot of sentiments from like a lot of people who have been here for a while. It's like sort of hard to see, you know, people just sort of like hop in and just try and, you know, scrape off the top by like copycat projects and everything. And, uh, I don't know, man. I sort of like appreciated the trolling aspect of like the flipped everything. I I just from the sake <laughs> of like it ruffling so many feathers and like aggravating <laughs> so many people, uh, and everything. But it, you know, again and again, man, this is why like one of the reasons we wanted to talk to you in the first place is it's just so nice to see like, you know, people out here doing something different, like using the smart contract as art. Um you know, just sort of like looking at you know projects from a different angle and everything. Can can you do? You, what's like the latest like alpha you've released about like you know what's coming up and everything? Is that what you gave to us earlier, or is there anything like uh, you know on the horizon uh, shortly?
2: Um, you're talking about in, in like with secret project team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I, I yeah. guess with
0: anything else, if, uh, you got something else cooking up, is that is, is secret project, like a hundred percent, your main focus right now?
2: Yeah, it's my, it's, it's really my only professional focus right now. So, I mean, whenever, so I left leaving NFT 42, a big part of that was, so I just only had to focus on this one thing. Um, got and yeah, I mean, so I, I think that every project that I do, there will, there won't be any more like. Nate Alex projects anymore they'll all be secret project team projects yeah. um and, and yeah, I mean my design or my ideas will probably um, i won't say dominate those because as the team grows we, we uh, you know i'm not going to be like no we're not going to do that it's just the Nate show or whatever but i uh yeah I mean that's sort of the evolution of where I want to go and honestly it's what I wanted to do whenever I launched uh, squiggly I wanted it to sort of become this but as this year has came and i've started to realize like i just i can't do everything by myself i can't market and shit post because that shit uh it actually takes a lot of fucking time (laughs) to be on twitter and discord all fucking day it doesn't give you a lot of time to develop so um i you know bringing on kane has been fucking awesome because like he's ultra fucking smart and i can share these ideas with him and he knows them at the technical level if i share some shitty code with him he knows oh well this is what that was supposed to do and like uh, so that's been a tremendous and he's actually a really good like creative resource as well like whenever we're talking about ideas like well what about oh yeah oh yeah that's that's a great idea i think that if we had not launched the discord for chain faces arena when we did and that sort of set the tone of like we need to officially launch and nail this thing down, uh, within a couple weeks. I mean, we had already basically built it by the time we launched it, but if we had given ourselves just say another month of like creative, like brainstorming, we probably would have nailed some of the things, you know, the infinity tournament or the slippage loss. Like, I think that, um, you know, I feel that our ideas are good and I feel that our technical skills are high and our ability to execute is is pretty high. Um, yeah. You'd asked about like alpha. So, yeah, I mean, really the main focus right now, I expect that we'll build SP two in the background while SP 1.1 is being illustrated um, because from a technical uh, standpoint, SP 1.1, I mean, there is actually some technical shit going on under the hood, the way that we're gonna, going to reinterpret all the traits and and reimagine them on chain. And, um, and there's going to be s- it's going to be technically an impressive project as well, but you know, we've already started writing contracts for that. I think the technical side will definitely outpace the artistic side on that one. So while our, our artist is finishing that one up, we'll finish up SP two. And then, you know, assuming SP one repairs, the brand image, then we'll roll out SP two or sorry, 1.1 repairs, the brand image, then we'll roll out two which will also be controversial. I know people will shit talk it. And then some people will get it and be like, Oh shit. Like, yeah, this is way different again. Like, Holy shit. Like, (laughs) and then I don't know what impact that will have on that market, but we'll be committed and we will have shown that we are committed to keeping the brands, um, perception high. So, you know, if whatever happens with that one, then we'll reinvest uh, resources into that to make it a strong brand. If it's not on its own, right from the jump. Um, We've done, I talked with uh, Scott Lewis, who's the founder of Hype and and a few like DeFi protocols and stuff. And I guess I won't leak exactly about what, but we're going to do sort of a tie in with them on SP2. Um, And we've got some ideas on how we will be more cognizant of the market from day one there and try to bring something that has like public value versus just the technical level that only a few nerds really get and appreciate.
1: That's awesome. And um, there's a couple things I love about this space you touched on, like just how, how close and how easy it is to access capital uh, is when you're working in crypto. Um, It's a huge benefit, new idea, almost instantly funded if it vibes, if it hits the right vibes with folks. But then the other thing, like, as you're building a new project or a team or anything like this, um, you have such quick and immediate access, it's such a talented pool of potential contributors and things like that. I'm I'm just curious, like, um, from your team builder perspective, and the, kind of like throwing out a feeler, potentially, like, if you are looking for any potential contributors or folks that are like, oh, Nate sounds super dope, just as I imagine, as I heard him on uh, like Zebra red and all that good stuff. And damn, I wish I could help out. Like, are you looking for anyone else to kind of like raise their hand and be like, yo dude, I can help out. Like, let me help contribute. Like let me get on Uh, anything like that.
2: Yes. So I, I would say um, right now where we're at is, it's kind of building the community team a, a little bit and making sure like getting some longer term, like pieces hired in place. Um, and then the professional illustrator and then for the for the front end design team we've we've got a company picked out um and if if they just crushed it then we'll probably use them going forward instead of just contracting them but as for like individuals reaching out um right now with sp 1.1 i think that we've got all the pieces that we need to do that and sp2 but after I like, I want to be a little cautious about scaling it up too fast. I don't want to be running a 100 person company, um, at the middle of the year and have so much bloat that I just can't, uh, because I've, I've went too fast that I can't manage it properly and, and make sure that we're executing at a really high level. Um, but yeah, I mean, people who are talented and there are a shitload of them in this space, like, and I, with the art submissions, I've got some like really fucking good ones and unfortunately in in many cases i'm like well we just we can't put that on chain it's it's too technical it's too you know detailed and and good i guess that it just wouldn't well it's impossible to put that on chain but we uh but i mean yeah i, I i'd want to be pretty open to that i would say that when when sp2 launches and if it's a success if sp1.1 1. 1 is a success and sp2 is a success then I think we'll be ready to take on more team members and, you know, various types of roles. I think we we really need somebody who can help drive operations a, a little better and, and coordinate, say like the community team a little better. Um, Cause I, my bandwidth is super low right now. It's, it's hard. It's hard as fuck to even respond to emails or like, you know, do things that only that really I can do, like say this, this recording, Um, you know, I mean, Kane could speak to all of this stuff, but, I'm probably the best suited for it, you know, being sort of uh, maybe the name that more people would know. But um, and these are things that I can't really outsource and that are extremely important to do for brand building reasons. Um, so I, I just got to figure out my time management a little bit better. I've got some other pieces that I definitely need to hire, um, but I think we'll probably delay on doing so until, let's say, SP1 or sp 1.1 1. 1 or or two is launched.
0: It makes sense to me, man. I appreciate the, the you know trying to manage something that can like easily become unwieldy quickly, uh, and it's an easy easy trap to fall into. Uh, Dude, what's like, you know, we're sort of at the beginning of the year here. Do you like, what's like the Nate Alex forecast of like, you know, the progression of the NFT space in 2022? Is is there anything like, you know, obviously we just had news like we could now turn our Twitter profiles into a hexagon. I just saw like Facebook and Instagram are like getting in on this too, Uh, you know, where, where do you see, uh, what do you see it being big in 2022, like within the NFT scene or, or not big, or is it like impossible to see how it's going to play out or uh, what's the, what's the Nate Alex prediction? You
2: know, I think um, sooner or later, people are going to get bored of 10 K profile picture projects. I think that that happens this year um, after eventually, you know, the pump cycles on even the best projects gets worse and worse. Because, I mean, there's just not limitless money in this space and people eventually have to realize profits and they're going to take lower and lower profits. That's why now you can like if you go back to like 2021 or even early 2021, if you minted a project, yeah, maybe there was no or not great liquidity. But generally speaking, if you minted, even the worst, most common one would be above the floor um, if it sold out. Uh, Now the shit will sell out in 30 minutes and it doesn't matter after the reveal, there's half the, there's a shitload of them that are below the initial mint cost because people are optimizing and they're, well, I can sell some at a loss if I minted some rares and that's how I'm going to make my small profit and people will undercut each other perpetually. And eventually the profits will be razor thin and nobody the the demand will just dry up for those kind of projects because they're not bringing anything new to the table the game is kind of over at that point. Um, I, I, um, like what we're trying to do being like a creative brand and and appeal to a different audience and trying to, you know, not really play that game. I expect that other there, and there already are, I don't want to say that we have led this charge by any means, um, because there are a number of other creators who are, you know, uh, Matt touched on earlier, like, like Pac is, you know, is in, inspiring to me. I mean, I think, you know, but there are a number of other ones who are a smaller profile that I think will continue to sort of explore that space and that creative space and like kind of capture and like uh, inspire other or captivate and inspire other others to kind of do the same. Um, so hopefully the, the 10 K PFP trend, fizzles out and creativity and innovation start reigning supreme at some time this year i know that everybody like the thing that everybody wants to go to this year is oh games man games that's the big thing that's the next big that's just as too easy of an answer and it's too broad actually i don't know yep. that we're going to see any good crypto games this year i mean maybe like the thing is is that we've had good crypto games in the in or, or not maybe good but decent crypto games in the past already and they never gained wide audiences because people in the space don't want to play games for the most part if we're being real most of the people in this space want to make money and if you're playing a game all day and you're making 50 cents a day that just is not a good use of your time if your goal is to make money so i i think um many games or experiments are kind of Or maybe that's just me being, you know, drinking my own Kool-Aid and like being an idealist and and hoping that that's what happens. But uh, I hope that that is what happens. And I think that it makes sense to me that it will happen because, again, I think PFP flipping, you know, pumping and dumping them and people marketing them and just funneling noobs in and just crushing them over and over again, it just is not sustainable.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, I always try to like... I feel the same way, like nearly identically with you. Um, I've been tired of the PFP projects. Of course, like those sorts of feelings and insights, I always have to throw a little bit of salt on my own opinions and remember that there's so many more people out there that are just coming in here. Um, you may like vibe with that for a longer period than I would ever imagine or expect. But at the same time, like... The game, broad generalization of where we're going. Totally agree. It's super broad. And honestly, like the best game is life itself and being able to participate and just do fun, unique, creative things. Like that's that's pretty amazing. And if you think like that, then it's almost like, wow, like we can make life even better, um, start impacting real world things as opposed to like creating another diversion or escape from reality. Um, it almost like crypto and NFTs and stuff almost brings us closer to like us humanity reality what we can do and impact and change so it'd be interesting to see how that unfolds heading forward but um we like to do towards the end of the show a little bit of an intrusive wallet shakedown i know you're pretty public about especially your, your order purchases and what you have in your wallets easy to see i'm just kind of curious like recently if uh we were to peek into your your crypto wallet like what if anything have you been like scooping outside of like chain faces in your own project
2: yeah. I, uh, <laughs> the wallet shakedown. I love it. No. And, uh, and I love uh, what you're saying too, about, you know, life being sort of the best game. And that is sort of the game that we, that, that is being played in the crypto space. I mean, I, I think like the idea of the metaverse being this 3d immersive experience. Yeah. I think eventually it'll get here, but you know, the trend is already set to where, you know, neither of, Well, I mean, I I know Rizzle in person, but I didn't. I'd never met him in person, even you know a year ago. But like, I've known you guys for years, basically, and you know, it's uh, we have a lot of online friends, and like, I talk to online friends more than in real life friends or whatever. So it's, um, you know, I, I, you know, the trend is is already set, and and it's going to continue to to happen. Um, the wallet shakedown, so. I, uh, you know, I have uh, some private wallets that people don't know about, uh, <laughs> preventing shittier projects maybe, but, um, the only things publicly that I bought, I bought some, uh, cool mans. I was on a late night D uh, spaces and they started talking about cool mans and I'd been drinking a little. So I just started like looking through and I'm like, I like the name, like cool man. This is pretty fun. And it just reminded me of doodles a little bit. And the characters are simple and kind of cute. And then I just started like buying fucking rare ones. Like I, I spent like 40 ether just buying like <laughs> random rare ones. And, um, and since then I, I, I have been trying to dabble in some other projects a little bit, not like big spending, but, um, two bit bears I thought was kind of funny, uh, so I was looking into their project a little bit and I, I, I didn't do that much cursory research. I just like bought like two of the rarest type of bears. And then I bought a crypto Moris. I was, you know, looking in their community and I looked at some of the high end ones I, I've been trying to branch out and like get out of my own head. Cause you know, I I've made this like comment on, Oh, I don't like 10 K PFPs, but I still want to be a part of the community and get to know more people and you know, network and continue expanding and putting myself out there more. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've dabbled lightly in a couple of these other uh, projects as well. Uh, and 2 Bit Bears actually appealed to me because it was quite unique. It wasn't uh, like other projects. And, you know, when I'd said earlier that I expect more teams to be innovating and trying different things, fail or, fail or not, um, but eventually, hopefully, those kind of projects stand out over. Uh, maybe the more generic projects.
1: 100%. That's, that's cool. I, I really wish we could take a peek in some of these private wallets to see what uh, <laughs> you've been super degenning into. Uh, but it's all good. No need to dox those. Yeah, keep them keep them hidden for people.
2: To yeah, I would say that, uh, well, you know, at least in the last month, I really haven't been a big buyer of, of anything. Um, cool Man's is the only maybe significant purchase that I made. Uh, well, maybe I spent like, I'm not sure how much I spent on two bit bears. Maybe it was like five to like 10 ether. Um, and I didn't, I spent like a few ether on moris but I, I haven't really, I haven't minted anything or really bought anything, um, big, uh, in, in pretty much since I launched the secret project discord, I just have been kind of too busy to degen down at that level.
1: Definitely feel that too busy to degen. Um, focusing on the build out development execution love to hear that honestly Uh, makes me more excited for the future um but yeah man uh as we wrap up just want to make sure you give the proper shout outs to everything let everyone know like any upcoming dates that they should keep in mind and yeah just for the like two or three people again that may not be following you on twitter let the (laughs) folks know where they can follow you at
2: cool yeah on uh twitter i'm uh nate alex nft um on discord, Nate Alex, 1688. I think that's right. Um, and I mean, I would say generally DMing me is probably not going to be super effective just because I just, the volume is just insane. Um, it is possible and it's happened a number of times where people have like, you know, communicated through comments and I've sort of built a relationship through them um, through comments and then i follow them and then if they send me a message then it's not in the pool of unfollowed messages and it's more likely that i'll respond to it although it still will probably also be slow um, as far as like dates that are concrete i don't really have anything because we haven't 100% picked the illustrator yet we've got some strong submissions in my mind i wanted to be done with it by sunday we got a killer submission last night um that i just loved um but I'm not 100% on Sunday. I, th- I think if, if we do decide on Illustrator on Sunday, then, then they can sort of drive the timeline a little bit better for SP 1.1 1. 1 because I think that art will be the bottleneck there. If it was just the technical side, I feel that we would be ready in, let's say, two weeks. Um, for the artistic side, I don't have a great feel because uh, it will it will depend a lot on the artist, I think. Got it.
1: I mean, I just want to say, like, it's been a pleasure to chat with you. I mean, following you for, for years and years and having this be like the first actual live chat, it's been a long time coming. Um, <laughs> it's super <laughs> cool. I always have to say that. It's so cool when you start translating, like, purely digital relationships into, like, more human, like, voice-based. It's it's just very, very cool. And to listen to your, your progression, your story, and everything that you're doing right now, man, so cool. It's very inspiring. And just keep doing you and keep creating very cool shit for everyone fuck yeah
2: man yeah you know thanks for having me on it's been it's been fun
0: yes it has thank you Ben.
1: hey everyone thanks for listening to this week's episode just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor proof of beauty proof of beauty is an experimental digital experience studio the blockchain is their canvas and the tokens are their brush you can learn more about proof of beauty by checking out pob.studio you can follow them on Twitter as well at P-R-R-F Beauty. That's P-R-R-F Beauty on Twitter and POB.studio on their homepage to learn more about their projects like Hash, London, and Publico. Thank you and see you in the next episode.